Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Got a message here from Chris. He says, during the one o'clock news break, the anchor said that the vote Saturday night cannot remove Tillis from office. What vote? Please explain. Uh, A a censure vote by the North Carolina Republican Party voting two to one to censure Tom Tillis over his efforts on, uh, you know, mediating and negotiating compromise deals on immigration, red flag gun laws, and uh, marriage equality bill. Yeah, the marriage equality bill. Um, And so, yeah, they censured him on uh, Saturday. So the, uh, at that convention, you had uh, the first night, uh, I believe it was the first night, Ron DeSantis was the, the keynote speaker on the Friday night. Then Saturday, you had Mike Pence in the afternoon. And then that night, you had um, Donald Trump. I think that's I think I got the card correct on that. And so we heard Donald Trump's uh, highlights. We'll now go to Ron DeSantis. And I will point out here that uh, he did not use a teleprompter. And I don't say that disparagingly. I'm not saying I'm just like I'm pointing out that he's doing all of this from memory. He has some notes. He has some cards in front of him. But he's generally, like, he'll look down to refer to them. But he's done this speech in different ways, and I've seen him in different stops since. So these are themes that he keeps on hitting. Um, and by the way, that is what that is what a disciplined campaign does. You, you, you craft language in order to make your points as succinctly and powerfully as possible. And so you have more time to make more points. And so when you know Trump calls DeSantis not a good campaigner, I, I'm not, I'm not so sure I agree with that. All right, um, and look, Trump is a different kind of campaigner. He's an entertainer guy. Like comes from that world. And so, and like, I, and I get it. Like he riffs off of it. He uses a teleprompter, but then he riff off of it. Like sometimes I'll rem- I remember when he first started doing, <laughs> he first started doing the speeches off the teleprompters because I think initially he didn't. And they put him on teleprompter for some important stuff, and then he would start riffing. And sometimes he would almost seem like he was surprised by some of the sentences that he had just read. You're like, oh, can you believe this? Like, what is this I'm just reading? You know, he sounded like a radio talk show host. Anyway, um, DeSantis uh, gave a shout-out uh, to uh, North Carolina, to the success that Republicans in the state had in the last election. Uh, winning super majorities and electing a conservative majority to the state Supreme Court. And to have constitutional government back in the Tar Heel state. And I know you guys are going to do even better when we elect a Republican governor here in North Carolina. Y'all are one of the few in the Southeast that don't have a Republican governor. I can tell you it's better when you do. And I also look forward to, uh, as president restoring the name of Fort Bragg to our great military base in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and thank the people that have served there, and they're proud of their service there. And it's an iconic name and an iconic base, 
And we're not going to let political correctness run amok in North Carolina. So one note here. Well, two, actually. Number one, for people outside of North Carolina, they're like, why is DeSantis defending a confederate? Like, okay, if you're not from North Carolina, you don't understand this. If you didn't go through Fort Bragg, you don't understand this. Right? People like the name Fort Bragg. Not because it was some southern bad general or something, but it just it's it's a there's a lot of history attached to that site. And yes, you change the name and fast forward, you know, fifty years, people will have their own history with Fort Liberty, sure. But Fort Bragg, uh, yeah, it's an iconic name, and um, and this matters to people in Fayetteville and who went through there and in the state. So it's it's a good hat tip to the issue, but. The other thing here is DeSantis does something here that uh, Obama did very well, which was in your speeches, you you deliver a line that gets, an, that gets a round of applause. And a lot of times what politicians will do is wait for the applause to stop. But Obama would start building on that applause and he would start yelling and getting more and more uh, uh, louder as he went. Right. And it would whip the crowd into this frenzy. And DeSantis just did that. And it, that builds an electricity in a crowd. Um, next up, he says, we all know the country is going in the wrong direction. We see it every day. We can feel it. We see the open border. We see the inflation. We see cities hollowed out with violent crime. We see an administration trying to kneecap our own domestic energy production. We see the weaponization of federal agencies. We see woke ideology run amok across all these institutions. We've seen the federal government attempt to impose biomedical security restrictions in the name of COVID mitigation. And of course, tragically, we saw the loss of 13 American service members in Afghanistan due to Joe Biden's gross dereliction of duty. Now, there's a lot of people that are pessimistic about the country's future. I can tell you this. Uh, I was a blue-collar kid growing up. My parents were working class. They worked hard. They told me, you're not entitled to anything. you got to work. And so from the time I was a teenager, I worked minimum wage jobs to be able to put myself through school, get in a position uh, to be able to do something with my life. And I only did that because I believed in America... Uh, If you work hard and you make the most of your God-given ability, you're going to have a chance to do big things. And I wonder how many people believe that nowadays. I don't think it's as much as when I was growing up. This He's talking about the American dream, right? And he, by the way, again, he's running through these topics without a teleprompter. Well, he's going boom, 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 and he lists all of them. He then says American decline is not inevitable. It's a choice. We can fight back. It can be done. And... They did it in Florida. We in Florida chose facts over fear. We chose education over indoctrination. We chose law and order over rioting and disorder. When the world went mad during COVID, we stood as a refuge of sanity and a citadel of freedom for not just our own citizens, but people throughout this country and indeed throughout the world. We in Florida held the line when freedom itself hung in the balance. We refuse to let our state descend into some type of Faucian dystopia where people's livelihoods were destroyed. No, we protected people's rights. We protected their jobs. We protected people's businesses. We made sure our kids had a right to be in school in person. In short, 
We chose freedom over Fauciism, and we are better off as a result of doing that. I think that's smart. Run against Fauci because Fauci is tied to Trump. Right. And people don't like Fauci in the the GOP. Uh, He says, look, you got to be right on policy, but that's not enough. You also have to demonstrate leadership. He says when the chips are down, the going gets tough. You have to be the one that holds the line. I can tell you during COVID, we made the decision very early on that we were going to chart our own course in Florida. We were not going to subcontract our leadership out to people like Dr. Fauci. We were going to take on the left. We were going to take on the media. We were going to take on the bureaucracy. And even we took on some Republicans who were criticizing what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. I can tell you it wasn't easy doing that. I faced a lot of incoming, probably more incoming than any governor has faced in the modern history of our country. And I had supporters tell me, man, I know you think you're doing the right thing here, but uh, you may need to reverse course because you are getting filleted politically. I don't think you're going to be long for this world. You're not going to be able to win election in two years if you keep this up. And you know what? Uh, A leader at the end of the day can't be concerned with short-term political calculations over doing what's right. I had the responsibility. I had the responsibility to look out for the people that I represent, and I had to care more about protecting their jobs than I did about saving my own political hide. And so we stayed the course, we took the hits. I didn't know how it was going to work out politically, but you know what? Uh, I would rather do the right thing, be able to look in that mirror and know I did the right thing for the right reasons than try to contort myself into some pretzel and be somebody that I'm not. So we stood our ground, and lo and behold, we were right, and Florida has thrived as a result of that. But leadership uh, is about doing what's right when you have intense opposition. All right, and so I took the his meaning when he's... He said even some Republicans <laughs> went after him. That's a shot at Trump, right? Obviously. And DeSantis does this in his speech. He makes these references, and everybody understands who he's talking about without ever actually directly going after Trump. It's, it, to me, it's obvious that's the strategy. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. We're going over the uh, the audio from Ron DeSantis last, or, uh, this weekend. rather. Uh, he was at the North Carolina Republican Convention. Uh, he spoke on Friday night. He was well-received. He ran through a long list of accomplishments that they did in Florida. Uh, legislation banning CRT, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion in uh, the university systems, Chinese land buys in Florida, cutting red tape to build the bridges after Hurricane Ian took them three days, not six months. They got rid of all the taxes on baby items. So it's tax free to raise a kid in Florida. Universal school choice, a heartbeat bill, constitutional carry, appointed conservative justices to the state Supreme Court. Tough on crime, authorized the death penalty for pedophiles, 
bonuses for relocating police officers, fired prosecutors who refused to enforce the law, banned sanctuary cities, cracked down on human smuggling, sent the National Guard to the Texas border, sent immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, opposed the central bank digital currency, cleaned up their election system, banned Zuckerberg bucks and ballot harvesting, mandated voter ID, and he says, we've drawn a very clear line in the sand that in Florida, the purpose of schools is to educate kids and not to indoctrinate them. So we've enacted legislation for curriculum transparency, and parents, unfortunately, have had to blow the whistle on very inappropriate materials that will be in classrooms, like pornography in a fifth-grade library? I mean, are you kidding me? Now, when the parents object, book gets removed, the media on the left will say that that's akin to, quote, banning books. But of course, schools have to curate what's in and what's out. You may have one book on George Washington. There's 50 others you could have. You're not banning those other 50 books. Anyone can go buy them if you want. But you have to make decisions about what's appropriate for education. So we fought back against this. I did a press conference that we called Exposing the Book Ban Hoax, because it is a hoax. But before I said a word, before I had the parents come up, I just played on a video screen the images that the parents had actually objected to. The local news cameras, they had to cut their feed because they said it was too graphic to put on the air. Well, if it's too graphic for the six o'clock news, how is it okay for a 10-year-old school child? Great point. I remember the story. They had to actually, they had to cut the feeds. Got a message from Sharon who said uh, she was at the convention and DeSantis was well-received by the crowd, was applauded many times, but one of the biggest applause lines was when he promised that if he's elected president, he would restore the name of Fort Bragg. Yeah. Um, and let me see here. This was uh, Joseph on the censure of Tom Tillis. Uh, yes, it's great that they voted to censure Tillis, but will the North Carolina GOP actively support a primary challenger to him? If or when he runs for re-election, let him go run as senator for Ukraine. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. Well, the Republican Party is not going to support actively or otherwise any challenger to an incumbent. And they don't generally. I mean, the rule was always that they don't get involved. The party doesn't get involved in picking a winner or a loser in a primary. Now, People have argued over the years in certain races that the party has not done that, that they have intervened. But that's, you know, officially the party says we don't get involved in the primaries and do endorsements in the primaries. Now, that being said, I don't think that they would I don't think they would uh, welcome. I don't think they take too kindly to that. But I don't know. Anybody is free to run. People are free to run against Tom Tillis in the in the uh, primary GOP primary. We'll go over here to Tom. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? Uh, man, you you are kind of leaning to the left, and I like it, man. I, I don't know who said that on Twitter, but they you, you kind of coming out good today, man. Talk. How am I leaning to the left, huh? Well, you kind of talking against Trump a little bit. I like that. And, uh, you know, say so you got all, five, all three of the leftist Republicans. You know, you kind of just giving good jokes today. <laughs> but um, what I call to say is, and this is the truth, I think Fort Bragg is one of the most awesome military bases in the world, but I did not know, I did not know, 
I did not know that it was named after Confederate soldier. And I know ignorance is no excuse. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the Democrats' Vance Acock dinner. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a died in the wool Democrat, and I was going having the best time with my Democratic friends, eating the best food and everything, and didn't even know that it was a Confederate, uh, you know, soldier or whoever they named it after. So I guess sometimes ignorance is, is bliss. So I, I don't know uh, about all these name changes, but I just enjoyed uh, the name Fort Bragg um, and uh, Vance Acock, and that's all I want to say. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, all right, Tom, I appreciate the call. The uh, So yeah, Acock. I forget what uh, I forget what his role. I mean, he was from what I understand, he was like a pretty nasty guy. Vance was the governor during um, the start of the Civil War, and Vance. Uh, they this was the the monument that was in downtown Asheville, named after him. And it's interesting because for years, every single year, Jewish people would come and place wreaths at the at that monument. They'd come from all over the country because after. The Civil War, when uh, when Vance was arrested and the Union soldiers made a march uh, to the train station where they could take him uh, for uh, incarceration, they um, and he was a reluctant participant in the Civil War. He he spoke against secession, but once it happened, he was like, you know, yeah, we're all in. But he uh, and he was a rotund man. He was a a portly fellow, uh, and so. He was made to walk because the Union soldiers thought it would be funny to make the fat guy walk, right? And so um, a, a North Carolinian sees him and says and convinces the Union soldiers to let him drive Governor Vance to the train station in his horse and buggy. And that guy who drove Vance was Jewish. And Vance then gets this new appreciation for Jews, and uh, he writes this speech what was it called? A Scattered Nation or something? I think it was the name of it. And he, he writes this uh, this speech. It's a book. And after the Civil War, he goes all over America doing this speech to sold-out crowds and stuff. And Jewish people were forever indebted to him for doing that. To the point where they would come. Like the guy who founded, I think, Sears would come. Like the family, they would come down to Asheville and lay wreaths at this monument to Vance. But... Yeah, they took his name off the dinner now, um, along with Acock. I don't know, but I did think it was interesting that Tom thought I am of the left because I was I was citing criticisms of Trump. So that ought to isn't that amazing? Look, it doesn't matter. I like I'm so beyond the point where people's labels that they throw on me, like I like you've mistaken me for someone who who cares <laughs> because I really don't because everybody's label means something different. Everybody uses the term rhino. Everybody like the irony is I've never voted for a major party candidate for president in my life. And to have a Trumper tell me that I'm part of the uniparty. Like, dude, there's only one of us in this conversation that's voted (laughs) for one for a president from one of the major political parties. And it isn't me. But But it doesn't matter because people cannot think clearly when it comes to Donald Trump. Or other politicians, he's, Trump is not alone in this. People get so invested in candidates, and I, I, I keep saying it. Do not fall in love with politicians. They will break your heart. Because they're people. They're people. They're fallible. They make mistakes. They lie. They get corrupted. The founders knew this. 
This guy, this idiot on Twitter today is writing to me and he's capitalizing every letter, every first letter of the word. And you know why they do that is because they, they, because that's what the founders did. They, they see themselves as the founders for, for supporting Donald Trump. Like I'm the found, I'm just like a founding father. Dude, you're a guy on Twitter. Like, let's have some perspective, <laughs> you know? Um, all right, back to the, uh, the cuts here. Here is, um, oh, Ron DeSantis, he says that uh, they're getting critical race theory out of the classrooms, teaching kids about civics and what it means to be an American citizen instead. Because no matter what path they take in life, they're all going to be Americans. They all are Americans. And they're going to be citizens. And he says we cannot produce listless vessels who have no idea what it means to be a citizen of the USA. And then... This line here uh, got him, by my estimation, this got him the most sustained applause of his speech. It is wrong for a teacher to tell a second grader that their gender is a choice or that they were born in the wrong body. And we made sure that that's not happening in Florida. I can tell you the parents in Florida, not just Republicans, all across the spectrum were thankful that we are focusing education on the basics and we're not allowing an agenda to take over our schools. Now, the left didn't like it, the media didn't like it, and there was even a little business in Central Florida that some of you may have heard of that also didn't like it named Walt Disney Company. And I know in Florida they've basically called the shots for many, many decades, but there is a new sheriff in town and we don't subcontract our leadership out to woke corporations so they can say what they want, but we are going to do the right thing. And I have some of these Republicans that are attacking me for standing up for the kids, and they are actually siding with Disney in this. And let me just be very clear. We stand for the protection of our children. We reject the sexualization of our children. We will fight against anybody who seeks to rob them of their innocence. And on that principle, there will be no compromise. All right, he goes on to and notice again, the some Republicans line. That was another dig at Trump, who sided with Disney over this fight, or in that fight, right? Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Let me do this. He He says... He signed legislation protecting women's athletics. As a father of two daughters, uh, he says they should have the same opportunities. Uh, we outlawed puberty blockers and mutilation for minors. He said they're fighting us in court, but, but that Florida will win. He said Florida is an evenly divided state, so he was told, you know, we're even, don't rock the boat, or you're going to lose re-election. But I rejected that conventional wisdom, he said, and we decided to lead boldly set out the vision, execute on the vision, and convert people to our side. And so we went from a 32,000-vote margin that we won under initially to a 1.5 million voter margin uh, on re-election. He says, when, you tell, when we tell you what 
we're going to do. When we tell you we want to do something, we will do it. We must restore sanity and normalcy to our country, restore integrity to the institutions. Truth must be our foundation. We will not back down from a fight, and we will lead by deeds, not words. He said he'll reverse Biden's spending, which is driving inflation. He won't print trillions of dollars at the Federal Reserve. Uh, the Fed needs to focus on a stable currency. He says you don't have the right to be an economic central banker. He wants to open up energy production, so we're energy independent. Um, and he said, like during COVID, all the big companies did great. Small businesses, especially in the lockdown states, got crushed. Big government helps big business, and it hurts small business. Our economy has got to be focused on the small business, which is the lifeblood of the communities throughout the nation. He went on to say, uh, we're going to bring the southern border crisis to a conclusion once and for all. He said, I am sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of all the empty promises. I've been hearing about all this my entire adult life. He says, we're going to hold the Mexican government and the cartels accountable for the carnage they have caused in our country. And he says, we're going to usher in a reckoning for the COVID restrictions and policies, mandates and lockdowns, so it never happens again. We also pledge to wage a war on woke ideology, he says. Woke is a form of cultural Marxism. Uh, it seeks to de-emphasize core values like merit and achievement in favor of things like identity politics. Woke represents a war on truth itself. And there are people that say, oh, you know, woke, you know, who cares about it now? And I'll tell you why you care about it. You care about it because your society needs to be rooted in what is true. Don't tell me that a man can get pregnant. And if we accept that as a society, how are we going to get big things right? We are not. Yeah, he's right. And he also pointed out that woke has impacts on your daily life. In ESG, he says we are made poorer. In education, we are made dumber. In criminal justice, we are made less safe. As president, he said we'll leave woke in the dustbin of history, which is, of course, a callback to Reagan's famous line about the USSR. Um, he then says our founders did not design a fourth branch of government, the administrative state. And I tell you, this is a message that does it does resonate with me. We are going to reconstitutionalize the administrative apparatus of government. We are not going to let these agencies run our country. And and what happens is when there's no constitutional accountability, our founding fathers would have absolutely predicted the weaponization that we've seen with these agencies, particularly justice and FBI. Because when you don't have constitutional accountability, human nature is such that they will abuse their power. Yes. And that's what's happened. Nobody has held them accountable. And, you know, look, when I was uh, uh, in, in Congress, I remember, you know, Hillary had the, the emails with the classified. And my view was, well, gee, you know, as a naval officer, if I would have taken classified to my apartment, I would have been court-martialed in a New York minute. And yet they seem to not care about that. And is there a different standard for a Democrat secretary of state versus a former Republican president? Yes. I think there needs to be one standard of justice in this country. Let's enforce it on everybody and make sure we all know the rules. You can't have one faction of society weaponizing the power of the state against factions that it doesn't like. And that's what we've seen. And here's the thing. There is obviously very high profile examples, but there's examples of ordinary people 
who may not get the same headlines. A pro-life uh, advocate may have 20 FBI agents storming their house at 6 o'clock in the morning. You may have parents going to a school board meeting in Virginia that are being surveilled by the FBI. So the weaponization of these agencies strikes at the heart of what it means to have a free society. And it's not just affecting people at the top, it's affecting people all throughout our country. And what I can tell you is this, uh, we need to have a president that's going to do something about that. You can't get cowed by the left. You can't get cowed by the media from doing what is right. You got to be willing to go in there on day one and you got to be willing to spit nails. And with me, you know you'll have a new FBI director on day one. You know we'll clean out all these agencies on day one. He said we will have a very quick hook. He said when people abuse their positions in government, like with the Hunter Biden censorship, right? He said they'll fire him. And he's, he believes, he says the president has Article 2 powers to do so, to hold agencies accountable. So this is what, this is what DeSantis supporters cite as the advantage he presents over Donald Trump, is that he has the same philosophy, but he can actually carry through with the mission because he has a track record of doing that exact thing in Florida. That's the that's the that's the big pitch, right? That's the sales pitch. All right, news is next.